Hello, beautiful listeners of the Unboxable podcast. I have not done one of these for a while. Just a one-on-one conversation between me and you and maybe whoever else is in the car when you've got this on. Hello, children. Ah, it's so lovely to just sit and reflect. It is actually World Mental Health Day. And one of the things that has become very clear recently is that a lot of the work that I'm doing is to support women experiencing challenges to their mental health. Now, that might not be what you think it is. It's not necessarily the lady sitting at the back of the bus talking to herself in a different world. It's not necessarily the woman on a ward in the mental health clinic. It's not necessarily the woman in rehab recovering from severe addiction. Sometimes mental health challenges are insidious and even invisible to us, ourselves. And these are the things that I believe we must shine more of a light on. Those are the things that lead often to the most tragic of circumstances because they're unrecognized. They're not really well known. And that can, well, they're not well, they're not visible or or easy to catch or necessarily even conscious, I guess, is what I'm getting at. So please just forgive me while I explore this idea. I do actually come to you from a place of complete love and this is really just an honest share. I'm going to share with you a little bit about my own mental health story and I'm hoping that that will give you some insights into how you can help either yourself or some people around you potentially with theirs. So I think we do believe, uh, sorry, we do exist in a world of judgment, criticism, um, a lacking of compassion, kind of a world of survival. But I do know deeply in my heart and soul that when we move into a place of healing in our own lives, then there is space for more. There is space for more understanding and more compassion and more giving and less judgment and less comparison and less criticism. And I'm not saying those things are not there. Of course they are. They're always there. But they change in proportion. They change in weight when we're able to exist in a safer place. So if you are listening to this from a place of safety where your life offers you that security and that safety, then this is for you to use in helping others and maybe yourself in times of crisis. However, if this is something you are hearing from a place of less than optimal safety, of less than ideal situations in your life, and that's been me for many, many years of my own life, then this is for you. This is for you to use directly. And what I'd like to touch on is the way that, I'll give you an example. So um, growing up, I really had a pretty safe home and a reasonably reasonably privileged upbringing um, in in many ways. And, And I was in a relatively stable family from the age of about six or seven to about 20, I would say. So, you know, it looked, certainly from the outside, it looked extremely stable, healthy, and our family was was one that people looked up to and and admired in many ways um, because we were very good at 
having fun and living a life that looked certainly from the outside like a like a really wonderful life and look in many ways it was but on the inside on the inner landscape and I'll speak for myself personally there were a lot of years there where I was existing in a pretty unhealthy kind of space feeling extremely self-critical extremely um, deeply comparative in the way that I related to people and almost competitive I had some deep insecurities I didn't have really close friends you know I sort of did but I I could never let them get too close because I was a little bit scared that they might sort of see who I was and see all of these deeply darkly kind of existences that I was experiencing and what that culminated in was really a lack of intimate relationships and then eventually a pretty lonely existence and in order to survive that pretty lonely existence I basically self-medicated and that led to you know and many years of addiction and and many years of self-sabotaging behavior and violent relationships abusive relationships some really gnarly circumstances then I had a child I left the relationship I was in and I I after a period of deep dark soul searching as I've shared before and some some deep adversity in my life I ended up on a path to recovery and and I've stayed on that path in many ways remarried, repartnered, had more kids. But the thing that most of all came out of all of that, all of those years, and I'm and I'm post 50 now, so there's many years there, right, with lots of different experiences. All it came back to was that the outer world reflects very much the inner world. That how we are with ourselves, how compassionate, gentle, loving, caring, nurturing, healthy we are with ourselves is the same way we will experience the outer world. It all starts within. That's a large part of the reason why the program that I run now, the membership that I run now, is very much about connecting deeply within in order to connect deeply between you and everyone around you and you and your life experiences and you and your purpose and your alignment. So what I will say is this. You don't have to do the perfect meditation every morning you don't have to have the perfect anti-inflammatory whole food vegan diet you don't have to be a yoga master to bring greater compassion to yourself those things will help those things are there and they are great and you know 80 20 rule if you can 80 percent of the time do everything that's really really good for your body and really really good for your mind then everything will be easier in your life. I have no doubt of that. However, my experience is that life doesn't always give you that time, opportunity, uh, resources to, to follow all of the amazing protocols that we know are out there. Sometimes we need to make progress internally and in our day-to-day lives in very imperfect ways, in very roughshod and improvised ways. So, for example, sprinkle some seaweed flakes on your next cracker with hummus, okay? So you're grabbing a snack out of the fridge. How can you load that up with just that extra bit of nutrition? Maybe you can do a five-minute meditation in bed as you're going to sleep. I have a fantastic app. I'd happily share it with you that I use every day to just do really short meditations that actually helped me so much. They helped me this morning. 
The other thing that really is so underrated is really, I mean, I had to push myself. I think I'm kind of an introvert, extrovert type person, bit of both. But in order to get my energetics right, I need both time on my own. So like a bushwalk today when I had 10 minutes, I went for a bushwalk and I just got in nature and I just soaked it in a bit. I find moving works better for me, you know, so moving meditation out in nature. And then I pushed myself to call a friend just to keep in contact with a friend I'd been thinking about. Even though I feel weird sometimes reaching out and saying, hi, how are you going? And, you know, I feel like I'm a little bit silly sometimes doing that. But you know what? I do it because I know they need it and I need it. Gratitude practices can help. Knowing when you're at your limit, finding someone you can talk to that you trust. That might be a partner. It might be family. It might be that you need to drop your bundle or flip your lid or punch a punching bag or get ragey and angry in a way that doesn't damage anyone, hopefully. It might be that you do have a burst out loud rage around your kids or your partner and, and you have to repair that, follow the rupture and repair model where, you you know, we have ruptures and you've got to be really kind to yourself when that happens because everybody does it and nobody is immune to that. And the more honest we can get with ourselves about our emotions and the more healing we can seek for the underlying traumas the deeply rooted traumas that just keep coming back for me at the moment. The one that I'm working on is how I feel in school playgrounds. I had bullying experiences as a kid and I've only now just realized now that I'm 50 and I've got three kids and I'm on year, I don't know, 24 of taking my kids to school because I have a big span of well, 22, 22 years of going into school playgrounds for pickups and drop-offs. And I've just only now realized that I get really triggered and that I get really activated around that environment and ultra sensitive. And I have this kind of rejection sensitivity thing going on and it's really gnarly. So I've started to seek some help with that and doing some clear clearing, you know, and what do you know, it comes from earlier. I've uncovered some insights into how it comes from way earlier in my life. So layer by layer, slowly, slowly. But I think the key is to become willing to do whatever it takes and really make that decision and once we decide, often the decision is the hardest part, getting to the point where we decide and overcome our fears and overcome our lack of belief in ourself. But we can decide to heal anything at any moment. And once we decide and really become willing to do whatever it takes, we might try something, it doesn't work, we'll try something else. We might persist. If we have a feeling, a strong feeling, we can tune in, work out that something really calls us a particular modality I'm doing something at the moment called root cause therapy. In fact, I'm training in it. I'd love to tell you more about that. So reach out to me if you want to know more about that. It's really powerful somatic trauma therapy. Amazing. Very quick, very effective. So I believe that we have so many tools at our disposal. Yes, we may have lost some of the rituals and some of the routines that originally would be built in for us to reflect and soul search and heal in our more traditional cultures, in our First Nations, people's cultures. But we do have a lot of things at our disposal these days. And the more we can become tuned in to what our heart, soul and spirit need, the more we are able to access those things and access those places in ourselves that really support better mental health and really support us to be there for others who need support with their mental health. So... That is my ode to World Mental Health Day today. I think this is such an underrated and important topic. I hope that something in here in my rambling today has meant something to you 
And I hope that you can start to be as curious as I am about ways that we can support ourselves, particularly through motherhood, particularly as women, so that motherhood becomes more something that makes us than breaks us. All right, sending lots of love out to you all today. I'll speak to you soon.